life in 3D. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. You can fill in all kinds of stuff there. Some trust in big bank accounts and their abilities. Some people trust in their political parties and their agendas. Life just has a way of pulling us off of our focus. Thank you for listening to Sozo Church in Spokane, Washington. For more information on Sozo Church, visit sozospokane.com. strongest relationship are the ones that we invest in. You have to act. It's still up to you to go out and do. You have to put this into action. Because otherwise, discipleship is merely a mental exercise. We have to live it out. This is Sozo Church. Once again, my name is Robert. Uh, I'm my wife and I serve as the children's pastors here. So to start with, I want us to look to scripture and uh, turn in our Bibles and the Sky Bible as well on the screens behind me uh, to Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, or actually 16. <laughs> Had it wrong in my notes. So the 11, it says, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So, God, I ask that you would, uh, you would speak to us through this word today. God, that your, uh, we believe that your word is living and active, that, it, it's, that Holy Spirit, you speak directly to us. God, I ask that you would help us to deepen our own discipleship today. God, that you would help us to live uh, better in community, to, to pursue you more, God, to, to rest in you more, God. And so I ask this morning that you would speak and that as you speak, that you would be glorified in this place, that you would be glorified in our lives in Jesus' name and by your spirit, God. Amen. All right. So this passage that we just read, it's been the basis for this series because, I mean, it's really, (laughs) it's the basis of a a lot of the Christian life. It's Jesus' great commission to us. It's Jesus giving us our orders. (laughs) Go and make disciples of all nations, teaching, (laughs) teaching them and baptizing them. And so, but this idea of making disciples, it's something that we tend to, we use it as kind of a Christianese term. We, we talk about, you know, yep, just making disciples, or uh, I'm, uh, you have uh, a, a couple of uh, young people that go out on a date. Yeah, we're discipling each other. It's not a date. We're discipling. And, you know, it, uh, it's used in a, 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 couple of, a couple of different contexts. 
But what, the way that I want us to, to think about it today, the way that I, I think really helps us to grasp what is kind of at the center of this idea of making disciples is the idea that to make disciples is teaching others to live as a member of the family of God and as a follower of Christ. Making disciples is teaching others to live in the family of God and as a follower of Christ. And so, with, with that, we like, to, we like to complicate things. <laughs> we like to come up with different ways, creative ways to, to say it and, and, and come up with all the, all the curriculum and all these different things that make it possessy. But, it's as simple as being a disciple is living as a follower of Christ and as a family, a member of the family of God. And so discipleship then is just teaching one another. It's walking with one another as we learn what it means to live as a part of that family and to follow Jesus. Now, one of the things that, probably some of us, when we think about being a part of a family, uh, one of the questions that comes to mind is, are you a part of your family just on the weekends? Or just on, uh, on holidays? Christmas, Easter, and Thanksgiving? Your required, your required family gatherings? Some of us probably wish that was the case. But it's not. We're, we're a part of the family day in and day out. But that we don't always invest in those relationships. We don't always spend the time to, to, to really dig into those relationships with our family. But the strongest relationships, the ones that really change you, that connect with you, that, that, that change how you live your life are the ones that we invest in. Those are the relationships that grow us, the ones, the people that we spend time with, the people who we engage with. If we don't engage with our families, those relationships are going to be strained. And so Paul talks about how when we place our faith in Christ, we are knit together in the body of Christ as a family. We here, Sozo Church, are knit together as the body of Christ, a family. And the Great Commission in Matthew 28 is instructing us to go and welcome others in and teach them to live as members of the family. We're the family. <laughs> We're the family. Caught myself making all sorts of Godfather uh, <laughs> references in, in preparing for this. Um, <laughs> so, but within a family, God has given each one of us a set of gifts. 
God has given us different things that we get to contribute to our family. That's true of both our, 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 our natural or adopted families as well as our church family. God has given us gifts, things to, uh, to teach, serve, and encourage the family. But if we don't spend time with one another, we're robbing one another of, that, of the blessing that it is to be encouraged both by others' gifts and to encourage others with our gifts. Family requires relationship. Family requires time. It requires investment. If, if I don't spend time with my 15-year-old, or 15-year-old? Man, he grew up quick. <laughs> 15-month-old son. <laughs> a little bit of a difference there. If I don't spend time with him, I'm not going to receive the blessing of the gift that God has given him of this awesome smile that regardless of how horrible of a mood I'm in, he gives me that smile and I'm like, okay, how, why was I upset? But if you don't spend time, I don't get that gift. If we don't invest, we don't get those gifts without close community. Without invested time, we cease to function as we are called to function. We have to invest in our relationships. A healthy family meets together, eats together, mourns together, 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 together. We, we're meant to live life together. And so, Scripture says that all believers have been adopted into the family of God and that we are to continue in unity together. Some of you in this place don't have a healthy concept of what a family is. You come from a broken family. I mean, I'm, uh, uh, my, my parents got, got divorced when I was a teenager, and I, I understand some of that. Some of you have gone through way more than, than that. But we have this brokenness that, that defines within us what a family is. But I want to tell you today that God wants to heal your concept of what a family is. God wants to welcome you into this family, this community of faith, hope, and love so that you can learn what it looks like to be a part of God's family. But let me tell you that we are definitely not a perfect family. <laughs> we really stink sometimes. <laughs> we are a family made up of broken as, as Mark said, it's broken, busted, and disgusted people. <laughs> you know, we've all got issues, but the beautiful thing is that when we live out life together, when we live into our true identity of, of being a part of this family, that God has placed us together. God has knit us together. And where we lack, others excel. Where we are missing the mark, others excel. And the way that the gospel works, the way that the gospel knits this community together is that we, we were able to fill in those gaps for one another and to, to teach one another, to encourage one another in that so that we can all be molded into that image of Christ more fully. But you have to create the space for that to happen. You have to open yourself to trust. You have to prioritize the time to see that happen. We can't be discipled by people that we never see. 
I'm just going to be real here for a second. Sunday mornings are definitely, they are an extremely important part uh, from our kids' ministry to our youth ministry to, uh, to here in, in the adult worship service. They're an extremely important part of discipleship. But if this is your only connection in the church, if this is your only relationship to the church, you're, dis- you're not going to grow as a disciple of Christ. We are meant to live together as a family. And so there's a lot to cover in this idea of church as family. But this morning, because we're talking about these three directives, these, these three ideas that are really kind of the guiding principles of the church, uh, I want to explore some of the ways that we as a leadership team participate in this family work, this family work of discipleship. That's the, the pastors, the team leaders, uh, everyone who serves. How, the role that we play in this work of discipleship. And so everything that we do here at Sozo is, is really built around this idea of discipling people, of, of welcoming people into this community and teaching what it looks like to live as the family of God. Uh, and the reason that we do that is because Christ is glorified in the life, uh, in the lives of people who are, uh, who are determined, who are, uh, are focused on living the life that God has called them to. And we want to help you do that. And, and so some of the ways that that looks like are by caring for the hurting, by living into your identity as, as sons and daughters of, uh, of the living God, loving one another. Uh, but the way that, that we as a leadership team are, are invested in this work uh, is really found in Ephesians 4. And so if we can put that up on the, on the screens here. I'm going to pull it out here. There we go. All right. It says in Ephesians 4, verse 11, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. His purpose was to equip God's people for the work of serving and building up the body of Christ until we all reach the unity of faith and knowledge of God's Son, God's goal is for us to become mature adults, to be fully grown, measured by the standard of the fullness of Christ. As a result, we aren't supposed to be infants any longer who can be tossed and blown around by every wind that comes from teaching. With deceitful scheming and the tricks people play to deliberately mislead others. Instead, by speaking the truth with love, let's grow in every way into Christ, who is the head. The whole body grows from him as it is joined and held together by all the supporting ligaments. The body makes itself grow in that it builds itself up with love as each one does their part. So like I said earlier, every part in the body has a role to play. And the role that Jesus created for for the leadership of the church to play is, is to equip the body of Christ to equip the family, uh, in some translations it says, for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. 
And so what scripture tasks us with here is equipping you, the construction worker, the businesswoman, the, the whatever the heck you do on a daily basis, equipping you to live as a member of the family in your day-to-day life and to disciple those around you, to, to welcome others in and to teach them what it looks like to live in the family. So this passage in Ephesians establishes several things that are to be cultivated by by the leadership. And it says that there should be unity in the body, knowledge of Christ and right doctrine, maturity in following Christ, stability, Christ-likeness, love, growth, and each member should be doing their part. This is a list that emphasizes many of the marks of a genuine disciple, of someone who is living their life after Christ. And thus, that's what we aim for here at Sozo. We're tasked with those responsibilities, and that's why we do what we do here. We have kids' ministry because we believe that uh, from the youngest among us, the call is the same on their lives to live as disciples and to draw other people in to, to the community. We don't just sit around and play patty cake. <laughs> we, we, want, uh, we want our kids to know what it means to live as a disciple of Christ. We have youth ministry because we want, uh, we want our youth to understand what it looks like to live as a disciple of Christ. We want them to be strong in their faith, to be able to, to stand on the word of God and be confident in it. We, we have our, our, our worship services, our, uh, our build and believe classes. We, we have our belong groups. All of these are ways that we want to help you be a part of the family, to learn what it means to live in the family. And that's where those life-giving relationships are birthed that, that continue, or they should continue all throughout the rest of the week, the rest of the month, the rest of our lives. But let me be clear about something. Uh, While we want to do everything we can to equip each and every one of you to understand the gospel, to, to understand who God is, you have to choose to be present. You have to choose to be here. You have to commit to this community to allow yourself to be discipled through it, through hearing the word preached, engaging in community, and receiving, as we talked about last week, even receiving correction. You need to commit to not hold back your gifts in discipling others. We were meant to work together as a family. And while this applies to everyone here today, uh, I want to talk specifically to parents for a moment as, as the children's pastor, as the pastor of your, your kids. Next week, we're moving to two services. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And that gives us all options, right? We, we get to decide, are we a... Are we at 9 a.m. Or, or at 11 a.m.? So many exciting decisions. Okay, maybe just one. Although there were options presented of coming for half of one, staying for coffee, and then getting the, the first half of worship. Doesn't sound great to me, but, you know, uh, you, you can do you. Uh, but the door, 
that that opens as well is to being inconsistent. Uh, Being inconsistent about which service you bring your kids to. And I want to tell you why that's important. Because if you're consistently changing which service you're going to, whether it's uh, 9 a.m., 11 (laughs) a.m., And then you, you choose one service, go to a different, skip three weeks, come to a different service. Uh, all, all of that, the, it's not going to affect you here in the, the adult worship service. But what that does for the kids is that if they're constantly switching back and forth, it, it hampers the, our ability to really invest in them. Because they're going to be seeing uh, slightly different leaders each week. They're going to be seeing different leaders in those, those services. And so the relationships, you know, we're talking a lot about relationships. The, those family relationships that are so life-giving, those aren't able to be formed if you're only seeing a leader once a month or once every two months or, uh, or you're not, they're not getting to hang out with the same kids. They're not being able to build those relationships. And so I would, ex- I would encourage you, this is just a side note in here, to pick <laughs> and be consistent for your kids because we want to invest in them. We want those relationships to be built and, and to equip them for the work of ministry. But, and along with that, I mean, getting, being consistent with getting your youth to youth, uh, getting, uh, getting yourself to the different build and believe classes, getting yourself to belong groups. If you're not a part of a belong group, get in and plug into a belong group. You need to be a part of a community that is consistently seeking the Lord throughout the week. But discipleship is far more, about far more than just gaining knowledge. You have to act. Well, the leadership team tries to, uh, wants to help to equip you for doing, it is still up to you to go out and do. <laughs> you have to put this into action. Because otherwise, discipleship is merely a mental exercise. You're worshiping your couch. You're a follower of your couch rather than a follower of Christ. We have to live it out because when we truly follow Christ, when we are truly discipled, when we truly are a part of the family, it shifts the entire way that we live. We cannot help but change this city. So we want to equip you, but each one of you have to take the responsibility as well for your own discipleship and discipling those that God has entrusted to your care, whether that's your family uh, at home with your, your kids or, uh, or your, your coworkers, whoever it is, God has entrusted them to your care and you need to be faithful with that gift that God has given you. And it's, it's up to you to be faithful to that call, to share the gospel, to engage scripture, to pray, pray with your family, to, to engage in community and seek justice in our world. 
our own engagement in the community of the church, uh, speaking to the adults here, our engagement will dictate the engagement of our kids. We, the way that we engage with the church, the way we engage with the family, is forming their, their understanding of what the church is. And that's a, that's a heavy responsibility, but it's something that I want you to keep in mind. We have a responsibility to those around us to support the discipleship of others, to be teaching, to bring our gifts, to teach others. And so it's up to you to be faithful to that call that God has placed on your life. We want to equip you for the call. We want to do everything we can to equip you, but you have to be present. You have to be faithful. Because God works in the midst of relationship. God has given us a gift here. Let's not squander it. You may have never heard about this God that, we've, that I've been talking about. The, you, you've never heard of this God that brings you into this family. Well, let me tell you, we're, we're all broken. We're all in need of something. And God, this God that we're talking about loves us so much that he came to live among us in the person of Jesus. And Jesus willingly gave his life so that our brokenness, our sin, those things that we've done, uh, the ways we've messed up, could be covered by his grace and we could be brought into right relationship with God. And a lot of the time, we leave that there. We talk about salvation, but we neglect to recognize the way that Jesus not only saves us, but he knits us into a family. He knits us into the community of the church. And it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done, Jesus wants to embrace you today. And you can start this discipleship process, this, dis this continual living the life, figuring out what it means to live in the family today. And for those of us who are a part of the family, I want to challenge us with the words of Hebrews 10. It says, let's hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, because the one who made the promises is reliable. And let us consider each other carefully for the purpose of sparking love and good deeds. Don't stop meeting together with other believers, which some people have gotten into the habit of doing. Instead, encourage each other, especially as you see the day drawing near. Don't stop meeting together. <laughs> Commit to prioritizing your discipleship. Commit to prioritizing your families discipleship, the discipleship of, of, of those around you. 